Hello, and welcome to episode 20 of Pandemic Parenting Sucks. And I cannot believe we are on episode 20. I honestly can't believe we're still neck deep in a pandemic. Not even that, we're spiking. It's worse than it was in the summer, um, which is terrifying to me. And we are two weeks away from Christmas, which is also very terrifying to me that Christmas is sneaking up so much. Upside, my kids have one week left of school before Christmas break, and then we get a two-week break from e-learning, which is really awesome. They need it. They're they're over it. My seven-year-old keeps asking me every day, is tomorrow Christmas break? Is tomorrow Christmas break? Are we going on Christmas break tomorrow? She got super excited because she thought Friday was when Christmas break started. It was not. It starts next Friday. So I was like, no, you still have one full week. And so she was really bummed about that. The We're doing all of the Christmas activities that we would traditionally do, the ones that we can socially distance, the ones that are COVID safe. Today, we are going to make gingerbread houses, which inevitably is going to make somebody cry. (laughs) Gingerbread houses are like the monopoly of holiday preparations. The, they're incredibly frustrating, but we did find, and I'm not sponsored because not enough people watch me to be sponsored, but we did find gingerbread houses that worked really well for us last year. And thank God they sold them again this year. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys shop at Target. I don't know how many of you guys that are listening to me have Targets in your country. I have a lot of foreign listeners, which is really cool, Uh, but we have a Target here in town and they sell miniature gingerbread houses. And these things are fairly small. I would say that they are mm, probably the size of a bar of soap, like the sides are. And when put together, they're a fairly small box. And that's really nice because they seem to be sturdier the smaller they are and they're easier to put together. Also, my co-host today is Dylan the kitten. He is very vocal and he thinks I'm talking to him. So if you hear him meowing in the background, that's because he thinks I'm talking to him and he wants to share his opinions. The, with this, the, the smaller miniature gingerbread houses, way nicer, way easier to put together. I always buy two or three tubs of extra icing. I did that again this year. Uh, and Pillsbury had holiday themed icing. And, which was really, really nice. So I bought green and red. So the gingerbread houses come with white icing and I bought drink, green and red icing. I did not buy any extra candy this year. We have Halloween candy they have in eight so they can use up the Halloween candy if they want. The, and we'll probably do that this afternoon. But um, yeah, I don't know why he's still meowing. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. The cat is, the kitten is very vocal. The, um, I'm also recording this in my basement. So my three-year-old and all my kids don't interrupt me this time like they did last time. So we're doing gingerbread houses today. Next week, we are going to do trees on teas. And I keep saying that wrong. They, we normally have like, uh, a Christmas tree festival inside in our local civic center. And we obviously can't do any indoor activities because of COVID this year. So they've moved the Christmas tree decorating stuff to the golf course. And you can walk the golf course and look at all the trees and it's lit up. And 
there's a lot of light displays between the trees and the trees obviously are also lit up local companies sponsor trees the one of the colleges i work at has a tree sponsored there so that'll be decorated and since they are sponsoring a tree and we do not get to have a holiday party at that college this year they are paying for our families to go to this event which is super nice and it's only 30 people at a time and families go every 10 minutes through there so everybody's spaced there's no crowding and we we do have to wear masks we do have to socially distance it is walking so that'll be interesting to see how the kids do more particularly how the three-year-old does with it. I'm hoping that we have decent weather. I'm hoping it's not too cold. I'm hoping that it's not raining or snowing during it, but I think that'll be fun. So that's one Christmas activity we still get to do. So we're still doing gingerbread houses. We're still doing, you know, looking at the Christmas trees. We will drive around and look at Christmas lights. We usually tend to do that around Christmas Eve. So we'll still be able to do that. We're doing advent calendars. we're trying to keep everything as normal as possible for the kids so they don't notice uh and so they still get the it's christmas time feeling so they still get that experience so they still get to have fun we're trying to do all of that it's gonna be really nice when they're out of school right now i think they're just so stressed out school stressful life stressful they you know everything's up in the air I did find some more stuff out about going back to school. Last week, I said I was unsure if they were going to go full days or half days. They are going to go a half day. So one day a week for four hours. And that will be for two weeks. And then they'll go to four days a week for four hours a day. After that, I don't know when they'll actually go to full days of school. I don't know if that'll even happen this year. I I'm recording this Saturday morning because this week was so insane. So sorry, everybody. This is going to be put up late. But last night, really late at night, Pfizer approved, got approved by the FDA for their vaccine. So I'm crossing my fingers that we will have enough and be able to start school normal next fall or as normal as we can be, even if it's wearing masks, but getting to go all day. That'd be amazing. The... I just want normalcy back for everybody. I want my three-year-old to go to preschool, but to do that, she has to be potty trained and she is showing absolutely no inclination of potty training. I'm hoping one day she just wakes up and wants to use the potty and doesn't want to wear a diaper anymore, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. The, it sucks not having a Christmas program this year, uh, you know, You bitch and complain about them, but I always look forward to watching the kids perform and do their thing. And it would have been my son's first year to have one in band and he would have got to play his instrument for everybody. And he does like to perform for everybody. So I recorded him playing Jingle Bells on his trumpet and posted on my Facebook page so he could get the recognition that I think he deserves because he's been trying really hard at this and he's really good at it. So I wanted to give him that. And I told him if he keeps practicing Star Wars... I will post that also on my Facebook page and people can watch it. So go, go team. The, we are woefully behind in Christmas present shopping. Uh, again, unfortunately or fortunately, or I don't know. I have two, my two oldest are also born in December. So I have to do birthdays, then Christmas. 
So my 11-year-old just had his birthday this past Sunday, and my 7-year-old will be turning 8 on the 21st. So we have to give her birthday presents and then Christmas presents. And that really eats into the amount of presents given and... I don't really care if they get equal amount of presents, but I want to spend like equal amount of money on them. I don't want them to have to go to therapy in 10 years saying my mom spent way more money on my brother than she did on me or vice versa and all of that. Um, I will say my my kids have been bummed out. Now, my 11-year-old, I understand, but my 7-year-old hasn't even wanted to write a letter to Santa. Like She's just meh about it. I was I was like, do you want to sit down with mom and write a letter to Santa? And she's like, no, I just don't care. And I'm like, okay. Um, so that was kind of sad. Um, but the show must go on, so to speak. My husband is notoriously known for shopping for Christmas the night before. He is a Christmas Eve shopper. He's a last minute shopper, but we've been trying to order almost everything online and the window is slowly closing for that. The, all of that, it's just like, uh, I told him, you know, this Friday we have to have everything ordered. We're going to order if we're going to get it by Christmas. And he kind of didn't believe me because he didn't realize, he thought he had an extra week. So, ah, um, I'm done. I officially turned in all my grades and, you know, I'm done as much as a teacher can be done, to put it that way. I have no active things due on my roster. However, I, with the holidays and everything, I try to do as much as I can before Christmas to be ready in January for my classes to start. I don't want to wait until the week before to get everything going. I want to record as many lectures as I can ahead of time. I do record everything new every semester, mainly because of current events really affect it, especially in criminal justice. Current events very much affect my my lectures. So I record everything new. I don't turn anything over. I don't do any of that. So I have to try, I try to get the first four weeks done before we start and have that open so students aren't as stressed because it's a very stressful world right now and we need they need as much help as possible so we have um I'm done my kids have a week left my husband has a week left so my husband is going into finals week at his college this week and then he is off also until the first week of January and then all of the employees have to quarantine for a week before they can come back on campus so he's technically going to be the next three weeks at home, which is really cool. The I'm done until January 10th, and then I have to go back for meetings, and then my classes start January 14th. The And as of right now, I am teaching five classes, three at one college, two at another, and I just, I just picked up my fifth class last night via email. But um, I'm really excited about it because it's abnormal psychology and I love teaching abnormal psychology. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. We need to figure out if we're going to readjust the girls' bedroom before or after Christmas. 
we need to get a twin bed and move it in there and have both girls' beds in there. However, because my three-year-old is currently sleeping in her, like, toddler bed, her crib pulls into a toddler bed, so she's currently sleeping in her toddler bed in my bedroom, and right around four was the time we moved my seven-year-old to her own room, and since my seven-year-old and my three-year-old are going to be sharing a room, we need to figure out how we're going to do that. They are not having bunk beds. My seven-year-old had a nervous breakdown when I told her about bunk beds. So they are not having bunk beds. They, we have to figure out how to put two beds side by side. If we're going to make it L's, are we going to do underbed storage? Like we have to figure out all of that during Christmas break because I don't want to be doing it once school starts again because school is already incredibly stressful for my seven-year-old. And I think if we did this during school, it'd probably discombobulate her for up to three weeks. That being said, um, we need, we do need to get some stuff done. The, and I'm kind of hoping to save my sleep because my three-year-old is going through a sleep regression. So for example, she doesn't want to go to bed till midnight and then she wakes up screaming around two in the morning and has complete and total meltdown till like three and then she's up at six or seven. So we've had like horrible sleep and this has probably been going on for two weeks she's miserable mom and dad are miserable brother's miserable because he shares a wall with her toddler bed everybody's miserable so i'm hoping if she gets into her own bed into her own room into her own place then it'll be better plus my seven-year-old has become very territorial over the bedroom shutting the door and not allowing the three-year-old in to play with the toys and that needs to stop because that is also her bedroom just because she doesn't physically have a bed in there right now. Her toys and stuff are in there with her big sister's toys and her big sister is blocking her every step of the way from playing in the bedroom. So we have to do something about that. The girls have been at each other's throats for the past couple weeks. So it's just stressful all around the cat locked himself in the bathroom in the middle of the week so that was awesome the again i've i have no experience with an indoor cat all the cats i ever had growing up were all outdoor cats and they may have stayed inside in the winter gone out a little bit and come back and in but he gets into everything granted he is a kitten he gets into everything he managed to get the bathroom door shut and pulled open a drawer on the bathroom vanity that blocked the door from opening. So I had to get a extra long knitting needle and it took about 20 minutes of very slowly inching the drawer closed in a tiny gap in the door. The whole time he is losing his mind behind the door trying to get out and it took forever. It was comical. I'm sure I'll look back at it and think it's in, you know, hilarious. It was stressful. I'm like, I couldn't get him out. I'm like, what if I can't get him out? How do we do this? What if I can't do this? And sitting there pushing the knitting needle, having all three kids behind me asking me, is it open yet? Am I done yet? Can we get the cat out? And it was the thing that boggled my mind is there's childproof locks on those. I don't know how he got it open. I don't know if the kids maybe didn't shut it all the way so the childproof sat in, but it was absolutely insane. 
and there was nothing in there he wanted. I don't know why he opened. It was ponytail holders. So I like nothing in there smelled good. So I don't know why he wanted in that drawer, but he pulled it open. And that was our adventures of kittenhood this week. The he is funny. The kids love him. He's been a great distraction. When any of the kids get upset, he usually knows what's going on. Like if my son was upset, he'd sit on his lap while he was in school. And if my daughter started getting upset, he'd bite her pencil or mess around with her and get her her mind distracted. So she was more likely to be okay and play with him. The... And again, my three-year-old terrorizes him. We're constantly telling her no and to stop. And she screams in his face and just chases him around. And he has not hissed at her. He's not swiped at her. He's not bit her. He's done nothing to hurt her. And I'm so surprised by it. Last night I was laying in bed and he came up and laid on my back while we slept. And that was the first time that he'd actually laid in the bed with us. He tends to roam and not be stationary in the middle of the night. So the fact that he got in bed with us was, I think, was a good point for him. Like, he's getting used to us. He's calming down. He is really obsessed with my bathroom. We don't know why. We have to shut the door constantly because he's in the bathroom. Like I talked about last week, he got in the toilet He's still really obsessed with my bathroom. I honestly, I have no idea. I don't know if it's just the closed door thing. If he's like any other child and the door's closed. So now he must get in it. He must know what's going on. Um, so yeah, we're doing gingerbread houses today. We're going to play the game Pandemic. My 11-year-old got it for his birthday. So he's been begging to play it ever since he got it. I find it quite ironic and which is the reason we bought it we thought it was hilarious that we're gonna play the game pandemic in a pandemic the yeah i mean joe biden's president the fda approved vaccine we are still social distancing we are still wearing masks we are still spiking high we have very high death rates the, but the, you know, the irony of everything is everything is getting canceled. We, um, things for summer are already being canceled because of this. What, you know, when will things get better? And when will we have enough vaccines for everybody? When will everybody be able to take vaccines? That's like constantly on my mind. I am just ready for winter break. I'm ready for the two weeks. I don't have to worry about is your pad charged? Did you get your homework done? Um, I found out that I have forgot a whole lot of elementary school. Like forgot a bunch of syllables. It is incredibly difficult to do syllables when you pronounce words wrong and going back and forth with my 11 year old and having to Google how many syllables are in the word pioneer. Um, the all of that it's just it's tiring it's wearing on everybody to have to work your job and then also teach your kids on top of that and then do all the homework that goes along with that and then having to worry about their emotional health 
and and worrying about your parents and everything. The, um, well, the thing I'm going to end on this week that I wanted to talk about is I had my first doctor's appointment. So I've done doctor's appointments with the children and I've talked about that on here, but I had my first doctor's appointment for my yearly physical and that was very interesting because we are spiking high again. We are in a uptick in the pandemic. And I, uh, so I thought uh. the uh, precautions would be higher for me, and but they weren't. It was very odd. Uh, I got an email asking me to take my temperature before I left the house. So I did. And then I had to fill out like a COVID checklist you know, have I left the country? Have I tested positive in the past 14 days? Has anyone in my household tested positive in the past 14 days? Have I traveled to another state? Which was interesting because the kids didn't have to answer the state one. They just had to answer the country one. But this time for me, they asked, you know, have you traveled to a different state? You know, when you took your temperature, how high was it? And you had to write down what your temperature was. And then you had to write down if you had any symptoms of COVID, but they don't give you examples of symptoms. They just said, do you have any symptoms of COVID? So I guess if you didn't know what the symptoms are, then that would be a difficult part of it. And they only wanted you there 15 minutes before your appointment. So I got there a little earlier than that. I got there like 25 minutes before my appointment. They sent me back out to my car until 15 minutes before my appointment. And then they let me come in and finish the check-in process. There was no filling out paperwork, which they normally do. Um, there was no clipboards being used. They, you know, they usually give you all the sheets on the clipboard. And you have to go through and check. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. History, blah, blah, blah. They didn't give me any of that. They didn't take my temperature, though. And I thought they would take my temperature, but they just relied on the honor system. They wrote in the temperature that I had when I went in that I said that I took myself and they, um, that's all. They didn't, they didn't physically take my temperature or anything. I did have to sign a sheet saying I could be at risk for contacting, con, contracting, contact, yeah, contracting COVID while there. And if I do test positive in the next three days, I have to call them and tell them that I've tested positive in the next, in the, you know, within a window where they could have been exposed to it. Um, I haven't, my appointment was on Tuesday. We're cool. So we had to do all that. They, the waiting room was roped off. There was only a couple chairs there. And granted, this is, you know, a doctor that sees babies, sees, or sees pregnant people. So I didn't sit in any of the chairs because I didn't want to take them. I was leaving them for anybody who was pregnant because thank God I am not, no COVID babies for our household. And... I went in, the nurse had a mask, gloves, and a face shield. I just had mask on. Um, they did not do urine samples unless it was absolutely mandatory. So they, would, they didn't do any just normal urine screen because they were trying to reduce contact points as much as possible. So the, that is a shared bathroom there. So there was no urine screen, which was awesome odd, but I mean, I'll take it. I'll take not having to do a urine screen. The, I would, the part I was dreading the most was getting on the scale. I was dreading so bad getting on the scale because I know I've gained weight in the pandemic. I've actually lost some weight that I gained in the middle of the pandemic, but I was just 
dreading it because I knew my doctor was going to like hammer on me for gaining weight and uh she didn't she congratulated me on only gaining four pounds she's like congratulations you made it through the pandemic and you've only gained four pounds so that was a big relief because I was just dreading it dreading 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 going in there and having them hammer me for my weight because normally they do like you know you could lose 10 pounds or you could lose 15 pounds or stuff like that um but they didn't this time which is very nice so all of the paperwork that you normally fill out beforehand medical history all of that they ended up doing digitally with me during the meeting um with the nurse again though still didn't get my temperature taken which was kind of odd I thought even once I got back to the room I'd get my temperature taken but I did not I did get my blood pressure taken they did do my oxygen levels I got a hundred percent and then they did all my medical history there right there on the computer they um came in very quickly so the transition from nurse to doctor was very quickly usually for this doctor I have to wait a bit in there by myself but no, I think maybe there was a five minute transition between the nurse and doctor. The got in, got everything done. I was m- maybe in the back office half an hour total, which was very surprising for this doctor. Went ahead, made my appointment for the next year. Again, I had to sign the acknowledgement that if I got tested positive for COVID in the next three days, I have to call and form their office. And if their doctor tests positive for COVID in the next three days, so if the doctor I saw, then I would get a call from them saying that I could possibly be exposed. But again, it's been three days and we're fine. The, it was interesting because it was my first doctor's appointment and I would consider that was, you know, granted they're not saying pregnant women and stuff are higher risk population, but in general, they're a higher risk population. So I was surprised that they weren't more, um, I was surprised they kept my appointment, honestly. I thought that they would cancel my appointment or they would move me to the spring because just not to risk exposing, you know, I don't, it's a yearly appointment. I don't need this. They could just keep refilling my medicine and I would be fine. This is essentially a med check and they could have, they could have pushed me off until April. I got my thyroid checked and everything too and got the blood test done. The blood test, there was really no difference. The only difference in the blood test was I I was wearing a mask, but that was it. The, you know, medical facilities are pretty sterile anyway. But again, they could have pushed my appointment off till the spring when our numbers were lower. The fact that we are in a peak and they kept my doctor's appointment, I thought it was odd. I even said something about it. I'm like, well, I'm surprised you guys just didn't reschedule me and push me off. And my doctor responded that they rescheduled and pushed so many people off in the spring and summer thinking it would be better in the fall. And it wasn't that she just didn't feel comfortable continually pushing people off. So like, you know, pushing me to the spring and then what if it's not better in the spring, then do I get pushed to the summer? So she said she'd rather get me in do my screenings, do my med checks, get that all done and not have to worry about it for a year. And then hopefully by this time next year, most people will be vaccinated and we could be slightly more back to normal and it wouldn't be as scary. But um, 
I was surprised that they didn't push me off. Now, they did reschedule my day, so I'm wondering if they're, like, rescheduling all non-pregnant people for one day of the week because they I was originally on a Monday, and they did reschedule me two weeks later on a Tuesday saying that they were only accepting appointments on Tuesdays, so maybe that's what they're doing. Pregnant people get the whole week. Non-pregnant people get Tuesdays because I, I did not actively see any pregnant women in there when I was in there. Granted, I was only in the waiting room very briefly. So maybe that's what they're doing. I have no idea if that's what they're doing or not. Maybe if that's how they're keeping the population separated. I was just surprised because I felt like my kid's doctor, the pediatrician, was doing way more protocols than my doctor was doing. There was a lot more honor system, taking your own temperature, answering yes or no. I mean, like, even if I was exposed to somebody, all I have to do is say, no, I wasn't exposed to them, you know? And how many of us are exposed to somebody and we have no idea we were exposed? Like shopping at a store, what if our cashier had tested positive, stuff like that. Even though we're taking precautions, we could still be exposed to it because nothing's perfect. So all of that. And I just found it very interesting that my children's doctor was way more regimented. We took temperatures at several different spots just to get through the building. Granted, my child's pediatrician was located on a hospital campus. And this doctor is a standalone building with a lab attached. So not hospital campus, but hospital affiliated. So that's very interesting. The Yeah, I think that's all I have for this week. I'm looking at my list. I think that's all I have. Hopefully next week. I don't know what I'm going to talk about next week. Because next week is like an in-between week. The um, last week. I mean, maybe I can talk about the last week of school. And how that goes. And what winter break's going to look like for everybody. But I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening.